It's Emma here. As you all know, we're running a poll for which movie we'll watch for episode 31. And I wanted to introduce you to one of my picks for our list of nine to give you a sense of what it's all about. So potentially this can help you make a decision. So one of my picks was 2011's Cabin in the Woods. I love this film because I love to understand what makes the horror genre tick. I love exploring and dissecting the tropes and getting to what it is that we love about horror and what makes a good horror movie. Cabin in the Woods is an absolutely meta film which really gets in there and makes fun of and looks at the tropes of horror and why we love them and what we expect from them. And it comes with an amazing twist that you may or may not see coming. On top of that, it feels like it's the perfect blend of a little bit of gore, but not too much, some humour and some genuine jump scares. So that is why I picked Cabin in the Woods. This episode of Pot of the Jammed is rated S for spoilers. You've been warned. I told you that I want to go to that festival in Sweden. No, you said it would be cool to go. Yeah, and then I got the opportunity and I decided to do it. I don't mind you going. I just wish you would have told me. That's all. Look, we go southwest through here. We cut the journey in half. Or through the forest. Yeah, why not? I was so very sorry to hear about what happened. Now, is it me or is it really quiet? It's sort of a crazy festival. Special ceremonies and dressing up. That sounds fun. La première, c'est d'appeler le démon, l'invoquer et de l'exorciser. We shouldn't be here. Where the hell are we, Hutch? We should pitch the tents. This is ridiculous, man. Luke, you're getting soaked. Did you hear that? No, I didn't hear anything. Come on. Tomorrow's a big day. Is it scary? What is it? It has special properties. <laughs> what am I going through? We just need to acclimate. I don't want to acclimate. I want to go. Absolutely not. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pod of the Dam. We're up to part two of our folklore horror episodes, and we have some bangers for you today. We are pretty pumped. And you know what? As we're moving more and more towards the end of this podcast, it feels like every single film is just the cream of the crop. So it's pretty pumped. I'm pretty pumped and excited. I'm Dean. I'm Em. And I'm Shori. And we are very excited to dive into that, today's three films, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. Very, very. And I think you're right. It's like we, we are getting down to the, the cream of the crop. There's just some incredible movies. It's getting to the point where sometimes the movies that we pick, you know, I mean, we, we, we're often picking movies that we've seen before or even, you know, Dean or Shori's pick will be something I've seen before. But we're getting to the point that, the movies are all so good that even when I've seen yeah. them already, I'm like, I want to rewatch it because it's just such a good movie. So it's it definitely gives me something to do in lockdown. Let me tell you now. Like, I know, right? Trying to watch because we typically, for, for, for all of you listening, you're getting an episode a day. Um, we are typically recording two episodes a week, which means some weeks, six movies. We ha- I have to, <laughs> and I'm still working. Um, I'm not going to lie, I kind of love it though. Oh, I kind of love it. I, I kind of, and don't get me wrong, I'm very grateful to still be in work during lockdown because fucking times are hard for a lot of yeah. people financially. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does it does mean my one day off of my weekends are just crammed full of horror movies, which is not a bad way yeah. to be. I mean, it makes it easier when the oh. movie's under 90 minutes. 
Oh, okay. We will. It doesn't feel like, let's face it, I will say though, I feel like we've watched a lot more films that have felt longer than that one. Point number one. (laughs) I feel like Slumber Party Massacre 2 was 77 minutes. Come on now. That didn't take up that much time. But But you know what? I think it's so much longer. (laughs) It did. It felt like more than 170. Sorry, you guys are breaking up. I can't hear what you're saying. You you, you keep breaking up. Breaking up with you. What's funny is when we started doing (laughs) this, it's funny how much we. I'm just going to keep trying to roll through it. It's funny how easy it was to pick things off. We went, yeah, let's do this and this. And now that we're heading towards the end of the month, mm. it's getting so much harder to refine mm. what we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's a there's a theme coming up, and I won't mention it. I don't want to spoil anything. But there has been one particular theme coming up where we really had to sit down for a long time and discuss how do we narrow down this list of movies? How do we get down mm-hmm. to the the top, whatever it is? So it's getting. I'm difficult. trying to remember what one it was because. Oh, look! I don't want to say, but so I'll, many times. I'll, I'll edit it out. Say it. Oh, say it. classics. Oh, yeah, true. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So hard. That was hard. So for those listening, don't come for us if we've missed a movie <laughs> that you think belongs in the subgenre because it, it is hard. It is, is so that a, hard. Is that a wardrobe yeah. title as well? Don't come for us. Oh, look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have dear. We, I can't remember. Have we explained my wardrobe full of porn? Oh, <laughs> there is, there's the explanation. I, I think that's all I, it means. I, I mean, I think you just explained it, yeah, but yeah. I think it yeah, has. Okay. I think it has come up. I think that's another one that's in. Uh, yeah. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh dear me. Planet. I love it. I anyway, love it. Well, well, let's dive into our films. Mm. Kicking off with the first one, which I'm absolutely going to pronounce which wrong. Which was Shorey's Candisha. 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 And this was on Shutter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, straight on Shutter. So I'll grab the IMDb. Is oh, these are all long ones. All right, bear with me, people. It is summer break and best friends Emily, Bintu and Moyana hang together with the neighbourhood teenagers. At night, they have fun sharing goosebumps, stories and urban legends. But when Emily is assaulted by her ex, she remembers the story of Candisha, a powerful and vengeful demon. Afraid, upset, she summons her. The next day, her ex is found dead. The legend is true and now Candisha is on a killing spree. The three girls will do anything to break the curse. Which is a pretty apt description. It is. a brilliant one. I really love this film. Like, it was beautifully, beautifully filmed. Um, I was a little bit worried at the start when we actually see how violent the boyfriend is. Mm. And Shori actually warned us in in the watching, going, oh, I forgot about this. And it's one of the things that we all talk about where we're like, we want to make sure in doing this podcast that we're all on the same page. And and, Mm -hmm. and a bit. I was like, oh, oh, what's going on? And I thought it was going to go in a completely different direction Mm. because I don't find out about the descriptions of any of the films that I haven't watched until Shori says them in this podcast. So I literally know nothing (laughs) and hit play. Mm. Like, so I I never... And I and always have a look at the um the parents' guide on IMDb. Just I to, do the same like, thing. Yeah, yep. and this one had you know there's a attempted sexual assault in it, and yep. I think it was more it was more the violence than the sexual yeah. assault. Like she he Agreed. he does he lays her down and kisses her, but there's nothing other than that. But then he smacks her around and yeah, it is yeah. uncomfortable. But you know what? Absolutely, she does fight back and she well, this throws is- a beautiful headbutt at him. I tell you what. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, and, I think one of the things I – sorry, Em, you were going to say? No, no. I just said we and, – and we ultimately get that catharsis that we're looking for, so, you know. Exactly. I think – death um, wasn't violent enough. 
<laughs> no, and, and that and that's this is the part of it where you know all all men are getting killed once Kandisha has been let out. All the men connected to her and in her life are. But I think that's I had a real like I liked the movie, but there was one death I had a real problem with. Which one? The dad. The friend's father. Yeah, because he was he seemed lovely. He seemed, he just he was a hardworking man, and then all of a sudden he gets oh, killed well, by the spirit. Like it's I that was the only one. The rest of them I didn't where, care about, but that was the one that really I was like, oh, hey, come on now, that's a bit rough. But it's presumptive. I mean, this is the thing. I think it's it's that narrative in regards to gender, and and I mean the fact that men keep women down, and I mm. think there's a broader. That's how I took it. Like there's there's no way within um, so many parts of years and years of our culture for it to not be, mm. still not be a, but I mean, I, I just took it like that. The thing that I kind of love, this is beautifully filmed. It's beautifully set. The three actresses that are the main um, friends are really good at what they do. Mm-hmm. They do the, the relationship that they have doesn't feel forced. The connection that they have and the connection to the story, none of it feels laboured. And this is completely in French as well, but it doesn't make any difference. Like nothing about their chemistry feels laboured, which for me plays really strongly into the connection that carries out for the rest of the film and mm-hmm. and the connection of, of female power that exists within it. And I just kind of really, for me, I that kept me going because the the actual Candisha like is, is has, clo- um, you know, Horse cloven, cloven feet is that what it's called? Cloven hooves and is it's kind of terrifying and they're trying to trap her and everything and and it's just this more important thing about I I I saw it as this deeper thing about the way men as a whole treat women continuously mm-hmm. do that's how I took it. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I look okay. I'm going to throw a spanner in the works. Here we go. Um, I didn't like this movie. I that doesn't okay. that doesn't surprise me. I actually. I actually got bored and I had to force myself to get to finish it. I feel terrible saying this because mm. I know that you guys you guys really enjoyed it, but I, look, I I'm just, not gonna say I really enjoyed it. I I think it was okay. I think yeah. I had the more enjoyment because of some of the gore effects, which is always a big thing for me. And, and but I did otherwise if it hadn't been for that, I wouldn't and have, can I I just wouldn't say, have liked it. I don't I didn't not like it because of the gore. So that wasn't mm-hmm. yeah. that wasn't the, mm. the, the the reason that I didn't like it, and in fact, that was one point um, I watched it with Vaughn that both of us were like, "Look, we're not into gore, but we can appreciate." We're like, "Geez, the makeup team had a fucking mm-hmm. great time on this yeah, film, yeah, yeah. and they but and they did an amazing job." Scene? Is they, this they, the same room scene? Um, yeah, well, that and many yeah, of the yeah. scenes they they did and an the, amazing the dad getting... job. <laughs> but uh, I just I don't know. I found it a little bit formulaic, and I found it, um, it was cliched very much. It so. was. I found it cliched. I didn't find it scary at all. Mm-hmm. I was just sitting there like I will agree I'm with not, that. Yeah. I'm not scared and I didn't really and I, I also uh, and it's funny you talk about the fact that lo- lots of men were being killed. So for me the fact that it it seemed that men were being killed indiscriminately and from my perspective that actually watered down the potential for that kind of female empowerment um moment or narrative because I was reading it and I was like okay well now it's kind of just you've really sort of watered that down I can understand the catharsis of men um who treat who who in the film um overtly treat women badly and I completely understand the systemic um oppression of women but I I guess I mean there are ways they could have um highlighted how the men that were killed were part of the systemic oppression of women. Mm-hmm. And that would have made I it think feel now like that you're weird. saying it, I forced that 
that was me forcing it to connect the dots for what I was yeah, watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that you're but actually saying it, I'm like, I was, yeah, yeah, I, okay. Well, I was even and that's why I had that problem with the dad. Yeah, yeah that's why I had the problem with the dad yeah. was because the dad was lovely and he didn't, he just seemed like a, a nice, work, hardworking dad. He didn't push anything yeah. on her. There was no indication that he was a bad person otherwise, other than just it was just that he was a man and the monster killed him. And even the girls themselves um, flipped quite quickly from um, bonding over this the, the trauma that their friend went through to sort of needing to protect and feel sorry for the men that were being killed. So even this idea of yeah. um, some kind of retribution or catharsis didn't really, um, I don't, I, yeah, I just, I struggled with it. I, I, I really did. Um, I, I really liked um, I really loved the premise. I felt like it had such fantastic potential. I loved the idea of this um, this demon woman spirit, whatever she she was. Yeah. Um, and and as we've we've all noted, like the the makeup department did a absolutely amazing Wonderful job, job in in these the kill scenes. If you are someone like Shori who loves a really good kill scene in a horror movie, the, this horror movie you has like some it. amazing mm-hmm. and and just truly like really well done um and that's coming from someone who's who's not even into that that aspect of horror um but yeah i i just i don't know why i feel bad i just feel bad that this that i didn't you like just weren't it. feeling it i just yeah, wasn't feeling fair. it um but there were but i will say that yeah it had it had so much potential like i feel like the setup the beginning where we get to know the girls and we see their relationship I loved their relationship. I loved yeah. um I loved that and I actually wish that they had drawn this out more because I feel like at the beginning they were playing on there was sort of a little bit of um class commentary in there like I found it really Absolutely. really yes. interesting the way the girls were teasing their friend because she had moved, moved into, to a house. Not even a fancy house, just <laughs> just, just a suburban house and like a two bedroom house. <laughs> yeah, and she she was, she, you know, they would they would tease her about being, you know, bougie um, mm. and and posh now that she lives in a house. And I thought this is really fucking interesting. This like this yeah. this class analysis, um, especially given. Um, that the, the girl in question is um, a person of colour and, you know, often like in films that there's this association between people of colour and poverty. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, oh, this is really interesting. Like I wonder where they're going to go with this. Turns out nowhere. <laughs> you like, know what's funny? <laughs> though? Now, that, now that you're saying it, the things that piqued my interest and kept me going aren't the things that drove the narrative of the film. And and I'm feeling mm. the same kind of way. I didn't, I, I guess I wasn't reading as much into it because I was watching it. While cleaning my house, yeah, but um, which is, but also it's that thing of, yeah, the things that kept me going are all the mm. things that you're talking about. But I agree with you a hundred percent. Like they went nowhere. Well, that's the thing. Bursting with potential just mm-hmm. didn't didn't yeah. quite deliver. Didn't um, didn't as stick much the mark. Didn't have. bring didn't bring the cloven hoof down the way they needed to. Yeah, no, bring it down harder. Yeah. And, and yeah, there were a lot of different elements. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it down harder. Leave my wardrobe alone. <laughs> Again, another closet title. You should never have shown us the, the wardrobe because it's just, no. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so at, apparently the, the guys that direct, do you know what was funny though? I have to admit, when Von and I were watching it, because because of all the potential, it had to go somewhere, but then it didn't really go there. Von and I were like, you know what? It's almost, it feels like 
a guy or a couple of guys have tried to make a film about female empowerment. And we were like, I wonder who directed this. And we looked yeah. at who did? two guys. Two guys yeah, yeah, directed okay, it. Not people that, not anyone that I recognise, um, but we were just like, yep, called it. Not, not at all surprised. That's the yeah. Turns out their first film apparently, because I was reading a bit about this um, film because I was like, is it just me or is this movie shit? And I and I read some reviews and I was like, okay, I'm not the only one. I feel like it was shit. I know. Well, you're, you're, that's so, a bit harsh, I sorry. Like shit. I just didn't, yeah. I, no. I did, uh, but I agree with what you're saying. That was harsh. Oh, um, got sure me. <laughs> Dora was um, like just for everyone who can't see what we're seeing. At the time that Emma said that, Shory was drinking some of Shory's coffee and literally nearly spilt it all over himself. I'm so sorry. And I'm pretty sure he's just lying on his bed, which is even um, funnier. Uh, yep. But, um, yeah, apparently they their first film, these two guys that did this, was amazing. So there was a lot of a um, uh, high expectations. What was that called? I can't remember. I've got to look, I'll look for you. Now. Hang on. Um, they worked. They were in the ABCs of Death, which is an anthology. Um, okay. In Inside? Was That's that one? it. That's it. Apparently, Inside was very good, and so people Ooh. were okay. were really, which I haven't seen. Um, mm. So people had a lot of um, God unrated. Yeah, wait, un- unrated. What does unrated mean? It means That's it's going to be one of those up. French. Okay. Uh, so listen. French so movies, listen yeah. to the description on Google. I'm not going to watch this movie, just FYI. I just thought that to you now. A scissor-wielding psychopath terrorises a pregnant widow on Christmas Eve. <laughs> no. Merry I'm Christmas. I'm not, not, not watching that. I mean, that could also be the description of Edward Scissorhands, let's be honest. <laughs> True, but I think when it's a French horror film, you can kind of, yeah. like, read the room. Someone's getting see which way, the, which way it's going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Someone's exactly. getting skinned. Oh, oh, God. Yeah, okay, okay. yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah, fair, no. Anyway. There's no cough. Hey all, it's Dean here, and as you know, we're letting you pick the final film that we review in episode 31 on October 31st, so I thought I'd let you know about one of my picks, and that's I Know What You Did Last Summer. For many people in my very young age group, this, like Scream and other films, is just one of those pivotal ones that got us back into it, and I'm going to be honest with you all, editing these podcasts every single day and and reliving the experience of watching them as we did during lockdown, it's been a bit of a head fuck. It's a great head Fuck, I love the films and everything, but we go down some pretty intense holes like we are in a film that's coming up in this episode, and I love it. But I just sat down thinking, you know what, I need a bit of a breather, I need my head to unclear, and I want a bit of horror with a lot of fun. And what better fun is there than Jennifer Love Hewitt and Sarah Michelle Geller being awesome, almost being killed, some being killed? It's just a fun ride. So that is why I picked that film. And if you want to pick that and enjoy that with us, head over to our website at of the jam.com t- click on the poll and uh, make your selection honestly there's nine fantastic choices so let's enjoy the ride together shall we move on to our second film yeah i think i think we've, we've uh beaten the yeah we've beaten that cloven hoof to death so uh there's nothing yeah. more to really be said <laughs> <laughs> well uh, we'll move on from a group of girls to a group of men Yes. A group of women to a group of men. Shouldn't say girls. In the ritual. Yes, the ritual from 2017. Uh, A group of old college friends reunite for a trip to a forest in Sweden, Northern Europe, because in case you don't know where Sweden is, but encounter a menacing presence there stalking them. Oh, that's poorly. That's not well written. (laughs) Um, Um, 
I, I love one of my favourite things about rewatching this film was uh, the message from Dean saying that he was watching it with his housemate Chris and Chris said, is this is this what straight men do, ill? Which I <laughs> yeah. love. Literally. I love. We're watching it and, and, I, and we watched it first thing in the morning like we'd gotten out of bed and Chris was here and then it was just all of them hiking and camping and it was like, is this what straight people do? This is ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> I actually I, love hiking but I have to admit I not not in those conditions, like not in absolutely yeah, yeah. shitful weather yeah. where it's like disgusting and cold and everyone's in pain and nowhere has yeah. no one has anywhere comfortable I'm a sleep. Spring, like, summer and fall one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred percent same. One hundred percent. I'll go I'll go for a walk down by the river near where I live, but that will be for maybe an <laughs> well, hour. Well, <laughs> I mean, and before we get before we get on to the bit of all of them hiking, the bit at the start of the film is literally, you know, Ooh. one of the friendship group. The reason why they're going one of the friendship group mm-hmm. is is killed in a um in a robbery where another one of them witness um is there with him and he hides. Yeah, and it's it's that know, old thing. Another, of- and there was another part to me where I just thought maybe there was some kind of sexual tension between them, but that wasn't the case. I was just it was early in the morning and I was Maybe reading that into projecting, it. Yeah. I think you just read that into everybody. <laughs> it's been a long lockdown, people. <laughs> it's, um, it's it's that opening scene is one of those things where it's that old thing of what do you think you would do in that same situation? Yeah, and, absolutely. Well, you know, most of us would like to think that we'd be the hero, but I think this is probably yeah. the more realistic version of it. Yeah, yeah, it probably is. And he he hides, and then it ends up in his friend's death. And it's a and really effective that, opening scene. Like mm, it's it's, it's so. Very good. It's so shocking and so disturbing. And I had seen this film again uh, before, but I watched it again because I love it. Um, and watching it again, Elroy and I were both like, oh, that's right, because we remembered something happens at the start, something traumatic, but we couldn't yeah. remember mm-hmm. what it was. Um, and it's just even I, I love even the way that that scene is shot where they come into the, the bottle-o and they're looking at the vodka and then you can see only once they're inside, they turn around and they see a woman cowering in the corner yeah. and they're suddenly like, uh, what? What the, what's happening? Um, and and yeah, as 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 we've said, the the guy, I guess he's the main. Yeah, he's the main character. He um he, he ends up hiding behind the wall, and he 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 is his friend being killed. And I suppose mm-hmm. the reason that there's always this um because he's obviously um torn up with guilt about this um l- later on in the movie is because I, I suppose watching it. It's not like it happens quickly. Like there's there's no. a, there's time for him to mm-hmm. sort of make a decision to come out and help him if he wants to, but he's and I'm not and this in saying this is not a judgment on it's, what he yeah, does. It's, it's, not at all. Hindsight's like, a wonderful thing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, this is not a judgment, but but this is the way we see it play out. Like there's there's time, and he's terrified, and he's just hiding. Um, but you know what blows my mind a little bit more is then uh, we're we're camping and we literally pick up six months after that. Yeah. And for a trauma like that, for a friendship group and a trauma like that, I thought once again, knowing nothing but the title is the ritual and you both telling me this is going to be good, you're going to like it, and I absolutely did. Mm. Was like I thought this was the friends were going to sacrifice him. Oh. Mm-hmm. I was so confused or or the ghost of the friend or something like yeah, that. Like yeah, yeah. I went mm-hmm. in a very different headspace sure, sure, because sure. I knew nothing about the film. And and that part of it as well where he really, yeah, like mm. it's six months later and the friends haven't really processed any part well, of this properly. And how this is not you? a long time. It's nothing. not at all. For, for not for something loss, like that. Not for something like that. That is, it, you're right. It's nothing. And 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 well, I mean, the reason they go on the trip is so prior to their friend being killed, they've all been talking about 
going on a trip together and they're trying to figure out what to do. And I actually, I think even the character development early in the film is is just perfect because mm-hmm. we see right from the start this character Sets is it all clearly, up. well, he's clearly like struggling to come to grips with like his age because they're, they're, they're suggesting these different things and he's like, why don't we go to Ibiza? What are we? And they're like, <laughs> we're too old for that. We're not. And he's like, oh, what are you, what are you talking about? And and even when they go into the bottle, he's like, come on, do you want to go get a drink? And they're all like, nah, we've got to work tomorrow. And he's like, oh, you guys are, you know, whatever. And so that's even the only reason they go into the bottle, because he's mm-hmm. like, yeah. nah, come on, I'm going to party on, even if you guys aren't going to. So he goes in and they're setting up already just the character, um, which tells you. But they you know, set up you- something great about friendships like this is I think this is really smartly written and really smartly acted in the way you know as as we start to see you know things fall apart within this friendship group and Mm. and they're getting picked off one by one in the woods and what that means and and I I thought we really saw some human relationships like the way in Mm -hmm. which you would be with a friend one friend blaming another even when he's like oh my knee hurts and they're like of course your knee like Mm. it didn't feel like it could have felt like such a parody of itself but it felt really real which I thought was really good. And I think that's one of the the strengths of the movie. Like, yes, it is a horror movie and there's all these these terrifying, truly terrifying things happening to them as they get, so essentially they get lost in the woods. Um, One of them injures himself and they decide to take a shortcut um, through the woods, which, you know, you immediately know is a bad idea. Um, And they get lost and they're being um, pursued by some kind of um, evil force. And what I love is that, yes, the, the horror is horrifying, but as you said, Dean, so much of this film is actually about relationships and it's mm-hmm. about that um, that tension, that um, that incredible tension between this, this group of friends that builds and builds and builds and builds. As It kind of reminds me of the Blair Witch Project in that sense, like when yeah. you're in a traumatic situation and existing yep. tensions flare up and and become yeah. even more pronounced and we're seeing them slowly unraveling because of the tension between the group but also unraveling because they're being pursued by some kind of evil force that's Thing. picking them off um and and that like the way that that tension is used and the way the the wood is used and the way yeah. the scenery is used it's really beautiful and it really just adds like this was the adrenaline rush i 100% needed to Absolutely. start my day in yeah, such a and, massive way. Like, it was great. And for someone who's not into gore, I feel like this film uses the gory scenes really well. I, I don't find yes. that I'm watching them going, oh, that's a bit much. I'm like, no, that's about that's about what this movie needs. That's It feels just yeah. right. Like, yep. and because you're with them. You're, like, you're fucking terrified and traumatised and you're confronted with these, your friends being killed in horrific ways. And you're trapped in the woods. And you never quite see it because it's the middle of the night. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's absolutely brilliant. It's it's funny how a movie in a place where, like, it's a very open forest can make you feel so very isolated too. Like, it's a a really interesting way that they use this forest to make it feel claustrophobic. Mm. Like, I felt like there was just this tension on top of them the whole time. But Mm. they're in an open space. Realistically, it's an open space. So, yeah, yeah, it shouldn't be. There's no walls or anything. And they felt constantly So, you shouldn't feel... Yeah, it felt like there's just this pressure on top of them the whole time and it's brilliantly directed. Yeah. Well, and I think, like, and I think this is... I mean, but does anyone else have this fear of just being lost in the woods? Like... Yeah. Going the wrong way, and then yeah, but I'm a hermit anyway, so I'm right. constantly walking. Like, I mean, I know I did scouts and everything, but I constantly have this <laughs> thing where I'm just like, 
you'll be walking the wrong way and then you're looking at the compass wrong and yeah and oh no nah, look i'm nah. afraid of that happening because i'm hopeless when it comes to survival skills and and <laughs> outdoor outdoorsy whatever you'd be like, like why don't i eat, I eat this berry yeah, yeah i i would just have i would <laughs> if it wasn't for elroy he he's got really great he's got amazing survival skills like if i got lost in the woods with elroy we'd be fine he probably would have built us a shelter within like a couple of days <laughs> and we'd just be living out there um but yeah, I think this film is clearly like I'm just I'm just picturing Emery in the woods by herself, running into a goat and screaming at it. I want to live deliciously. Yes, <laughs> I would live deliciously. Yeah, this poor goat you know running, where I just chasing after it. <laughs> yeah, I I wouldn't even like wouldn't even try with Jesus. I'd be like, I that's I'm, uh, you take me. Yes, turn me into a witch. Um, no, but I, I feel like this film is clearly a metaphor for the like living with pain and living with your mental and emotional trauma so the 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 entity that's chasing them and when i we've said we've said it before we'll say it a million times again spoilers there's always going to be spoilers on this podcast Mm -hmm. the entity that's chasing them is a norse god um someone mentions at one part loki um yeah which would explain why because because loki is the a a, a trickster the trickster um, god yeah god of um, mischief yeah, and and once they are, I guess, once the god some it somehow gets a hold of their their mental state at at some point during the film, and after that point, our main character keeps having these horrible dreams where he's kind of awake, kind of asleep, and he's in the woods, but then suddenly he's in the bottle again, and yeah. he's having these awful visions about what happened, and clearly he's being tormented by. He's, he, you know, yes, they're stuck in the woods, but they're also stuck His in their own, own mental prisons. They're, they're stuck mm-hmm. in their own pain. Um, and we ultimately discover that they they stumble upon, well, it ends up being only two of them left. And I think not. And not, the way that abs- others are picked off is really terrifying. It is. It's really terrifying. Mm. Um, and not, not by accident. The two that are left is our main character and the one guy who called him out, the guy he has the most tension with, the friend who yeah. was like, why the fuck didn't you defend our friend when he was being attacked in the bottle o so they have to work together they they stumble upon a group of of locals who are living out there in this wooden kind of dwelling um they get captured and tied up in a basement and we discover essentially that this creature that's been pursuing them is 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 the loki the god loki um in in the form of it's kind of like a a horse slash moose with a giant it's the creature design is phenomenal. It, it I is. Love it's it. absolutely phenomenal. Um, and what what we essentially learn is that this this creature marks people that it wants to keep alive. But the the trade off is that you have to worship the creature and you will live forever. But I, I think what becomes apparent is that it's it's not a gift. It's you will mm. you are marked. It becomes obvious. You're marked because of your pain. So you have to live forever with your pain. That's mm-hmm. I think that's the whole idea. And and that's the that's the trick. That's the yep. he, he makes you live forever with this awful mental and emotional pain that you're bearing, which is why our main character has been marked and he hasn't been killed. Um yep. but he has to show the God that he will he will worship him and he will kneel in front of him and not try to escape. Um and it's I, I think that is just beautiful and brilliant. Such an amazing metaphor for when when you feel guilt over something, it feels like 
time is endless because living with guilt and that kind of pain is just is all consuming our main character essentially defies that he he and and i i guess we're we're probably to believe that this is an act of um in the same way that he defies the god and refuses to kneel to the god and he manages to escape, I, I guess we're meant to believe that he therefore also manages to overcome his guilt and overcome his pain and, and learn to live in a, in a healthy way. Um, that was my reading anyway. But, um, yeah, I just I, I, I love this film. I said to Dean or might have been both of you that for me this is one of those almost perfect films. Like I feel that it's really well edited. Um, Every every yeah. moment is foreshadowing yeah. something that's going to happen later. Mm-hmm. Um, every bit of dialogue is building the characters and building their relationships to one another. Like it's just, it's just a beautiful film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. spot on, spot yeah. on. It really. And apparently, the book is fantastic. So oh, okay. This, yeah, so I didn't realise it was based on a book, yeah. It is, yeah. This is based on a book. Um, and just I don't know if you guys are into well, sure, you read a bit of Stephen King, don't you? I probably read nothing but Stephen King. Oh, is this Stephen King? No, 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 no. No, no, I was trying to remember whether you guys read horror as well as mm. watched it. Um when but, I was young, I I mean I prefer to watch TV now. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than read TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um Come on. I'm good at starting books in my adulthood, but not really finishing them. (laughs) Fair enough. So, Adam, uh, the guy, the author's name is Adam Neville. So, this is more for sure than Dean, since since Dean Mm -hmm. likes to read TV. Um, So, he's also got a book called Last Days. um, And Last Days is about, um, it's, it's, it's about a cult. I'm just oh, gonna. Cool. I'm just gonna say that it's really fucking good. Okay. And reading it, I, I saw the ritual, heard that it was based on a book, which is apparently fantastic. Mm-hmm. And so I read Last Days, and I could feel the same level of really clever blending of horror with like relationship tension, um, and it's genuinely scary. Yeah, and I was awesome. Like this is it's it's a really good book. Um, and another one where I think if they turned this into a film, there'd be some amazing kill kill scenes and like uh, hey. uh, monster yeah. work. Um, so highly recommend Last Days by Adam Neville. Okay, that's my, that's my plug. So, did you guys for you you've both seen Shaun of the Dead, right? Uh huh. Yeah. So, did you recognise the main actor, Rafe Spall? In what? Uh, of- oh, in this movie, Shaun in of the Dead. Movie. So he is when Sean, Sean at the start of the movie, when Sean goes to work, there's the young kid who's giving heaps of shit. And then yeah, he's yeah. the first one who says, you've got red on you. Got red on you. That's him. Same actor. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. I mean, and he was there brilliant you go. in this. Like, yeah, he was. He's brilliant. Yeah, he's great. He's a great actor anyway, but he's just so good in this. Yeah. Huh. There you go. Um. So shall we go on to our third movie? We absolutely the, the marathon movie, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, okay. sure. Oh, are you, Shori? Listen, usually, Shori, I completely agree with you. You know that I'm a fan of, I like a movie that's well edited. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think that most of the time the best horror movies are around, best movies, if, if I'm honest, Short and sharp. are usually around 90 minutes long. But yep. I do think there are exceptions. Oh, I know. And this I'm one does not that. feel, 
It I, does not I feel am... 170 minutes long. Shory watched the director's cut that I think has another 20 or 40 minutes. Yeah, it's 100 and, It's just under three hours long. I mean, you did that to yourself. Um, like, I know. That was my I'm own fault. I do, I do blame <laughs> myself. But I have a – and I did hear it on another podcast. I'm sure I've said it on this before. It's the – um. So I heard someone say on a podcast, every movie should be 90 minutes long. And if you're going to go longer, you have to earn it in that first 90 minutes. Yeah. And this one does, in my opinion. Just so everyone knows, we're, we're talking about, yeah, we're talking about mids- Midsummer. Midsummer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Let's do the – let me do the IMDb. And there has been a bit of, like, debate over whether it's pronounced Midsummer or Midsummer. Apparently either it works. Either it's fine, but I see Midsummer because Midsummer is our – LGBTQA plus festival well, here in Victoria, and, that's how and I the won't direct, be having the, that happen. The director pronounces it Midsommar, so I think we should go. Yeah. So I'll go with the IMDb. It's a couple travels to Scandinavia to visit a rural town, hometown's fabled Swedish Midsummer festival. That's actually said Midsummer. What begins as an idyllic retreat quickly evolves into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty think, accurate. For me, it's three hours it, long. It I think is it covers not. It, yeah. Well, I yes. Really I mean. The at the crux of this, and and I dived into afterwards a lot of reading um, of interviews with the director because I was just right on it. I think the thing with this, the crux of this story is actually the relationship between the man and the woman, yes. which is a big part of the narrative. So we're introduced to it at the start at her home, and she's like worried about her sister, and and we see this real basically uh, their relationship seems. Like, it, it, I felt like they were like, they'd been dating for a bit and whether or not it was going to be good or not or who the mm. hell knows. And I thought they were broken then, up at the start. Cause, well, cause yeah, they, or something. They, like someone it, sort of mentioned yeah. something and they're like, oh, yeah, but, you know, it was like they weren't together. I don't know. It was, yeah, yeah. it was all sort of a blur and, at the start. And basically her sister, I'm assuming her sister kills herself and kills her parents with her. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Yep. And, and and that's a huge trauma for her. And he loves her and she loves him, but the friends don't really like it. Um, and, well, and, and also, then, he like, yes, he loves her, but he's a dick. Like, the, oh, completely. We, this is set up right from the start that he's he's clearly 100% not. 100% a dick. Um, and he's clearly not. Well, not to not to use a really naff phrase, but he's clearly not that into her, and but he's oh. also not brave enough to just own that and tell mm. her and let her go. And, but the way the two of them play this mm. energy is really interesting. Like even w- when she finds out two weeks from now he was going to be going, might be going on a holiday with his friend, and the friend's like, "Yeah, we're going to see this thing," and and she's like, "I have no idea about this," and he's like, "Well, it was a maybe. We weren't sure." Like he's he's not a good person, you no. know. To her, I, I will. But it doesn't gonna... play. Uh, it doesn't play in this evil way. Like what's really interesting about it is it's it's the devil's uh, sword with it all, whatever. She isn't either. Like neither of them are honest with each other. Yes. They both want things and they can't. They don't communicate it. And I, and it's I'm that not, thing where I didn't feel like it was so two dimensional. I'm not going to. De- I'm not defending two-sided, him at all. Not so I'm saying this now on the record. I'm not defending him at all. He was a dick from the start. He would have been yeah. a bigger asshole if he'd broken up with her just after her family had died. I don't know, but then, but, but then he might—he probably should have take, ripped that band-aid off as well, though. Well, I was but about if to he'd say, done that, it probably he should you know, have done yeah. that earlier. And and look, I do take your point about that. I did I did think about that. And look, breaking up with her straight after would have been pretty fucked. But you know, he could have given it a few months, and then do you know what I mean? Like, you don't need to just just don't. But 
Look, for anyway. people who've seen the movie, it works out in her favor. I don't know. Anyway. I mean, all right, I know we're laboring <laughs> onto the relationship and everything, and I know it's based like after reading stuff by the director, it is literally like. But it is about the relationship. This, mm. It is about the relationship, yeah. and and I just I look at it as I looked at that relationship as a relationship I let see a lot of people in. They don't communicate, and they just kind of hope it's just going to work in some direction. I mm-hmm. recognize that dynamic from relationships that I've been yeah. in my twenties, and I, I saw that dynamic. And I was like, oh, God, like I've, I've <laughs> yeah. seen this before. This is not yep. good. Yeah. Um, can I just yeah. say, like, so getting back to just other parts of the movie, the the scene, and this is a movie by Ari Aster who also did um, Hereditary. Hereditary. Mm. Um, yeah, so, and I really, I found the the moment when she finds out that her sister has killed herself and her parents and she breaks down, very reminiscent oh, of wow. Tony Collette breaking yeah, yeah. down totally. in Hereditary oh. and so brilliantly done. Like I felt oh, she's, that. She's and this, this and, actress and who plays that, Danny, yeah. like her. Florence, Florence Pugh. Yeah, the way she um, portrays uh, grief and um just uh, trauma is absolutely brilliant. Like the filming schedule of this film is one thing, but the schedule for her must have been absolutely like I. She's such a physical actress yes. in the way in which mm-hmm. she. It, it comes from a very visceral gut place, and it, yeah. it's amazing to watch on the screen as she's actually doing it as the character. But yeah. I can only imagine the exhaustion she must have had oh, at absolutely. the end of filming. Yeah, she, yeah, constantly. She has a- she has a way of moving and a way of using her voice and her face. Her facial yeah. expressions throughout the film are just so oh, it's it's just it's just brilliant. And I, I must say, because so this was my second viewing of this film. I first saw this in the movies. And watching it again, I I picked up on a few little things that I didn't notice the first time. But I still felt like I got to the end and I was like, I don't quite understand what I'm meant to take away from it. And now I did what you it's did. A, it's a good for her film. film. Well, after the film I read a lot about what yeah. the intention was and I was like, now it makes so much sense to me that the the whole film, all of those beats that we hit with the horror, like the, you know, the horror of of what's happening to the people and the, the up and down roller, roller coaster, it's really all meant to be symbolic of the the emotional ups and downs that you travel through yeah. when you're going through a traumatic breakup. Um, and when I sort of really read that and thought about it, I was like, Yes, that is what the whole film is. It's the two of them going through this. And and I think also the film to me just seems to be about emotionality. It just seems to be about the intensity of emotions that you feel when you're going through um, something, something traumatic or some kind of relationship breakdown because everything is felt and expressed so intensely, even to the point that yeah. we have multiple scenes in this movie where the notion of um, empathy, the notion of feeling an, em- an emotion so intensely that all of everyone around you feels it as well, it radiates off you, is made explicit in this film mm-hmm. where, yeah. for example, during the sex scene where the women in the circle around him have these orgasmic kind of uh I mean, the chanting throughout noises. the whole thing, the music, the noise, yeah. the... 
for me, as a person that sings and has listened to choral choirs for years, like I freaking loved it. Oh, like it was amazing. And this is the whole thing. This film, yeah. like you know, there's this relationship that there's this disconnect. They get to Sweden. Is it Sweden where they are? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and then they're all just on some hills. And and one of the friends basically is like, "This is my community. Why don't you come along and see our summer ritual and let's all mm. go?" And and he's a very just a lovely. At ease individual pal, mm. is it? Pa- yeah, pal. Oh, and and then you know, pay. And as they're going through it, you know, they take some drugs and everything's good. And then they meet everyone, and it's amazing the level of calm. Like it, when when you say a pagan ritual, I think one of the reasons why this is such a masterful film is it. it uh, normally, other ones would be like darkness, fear, drum beats, mm. all these elements mm. to build it. it. It's it's this u- utopian calm. That mm. never yeah. stops. So even when we're scary at the really like freaked horror. out points, yeah, yeah, it's it's even when we're at the really freaked out points, it's just serene, and mm. it's such a beautifully crazy, intense way to do it. And I, but well, I mean, in that sense, I think it borrows a lot from Wicker Man, which we talked about mm-hmm. in yesterday's episode. So, hundred percent, you've you've got this, like you say, daylight horror, this sense of this really calm and serene town where everyone's happy, and you know, yes, they're pagans, and and you know, they might have rituals that are that are seem strange and unfamiliar to the the foreigners coming in, but everything just seems so so happy and wonderful, and yeah. and yet there is this seem like lovely people. Yeah, and and yet there is this this horror um, uh, happening this beneath ominous, the surface. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do but think. What's interesting, hmm. I mean, the one bit I think that was the most terrifying was the foot in the ground. Right. Because oh, it's the, what about the the old bloke jumping off the fucking cliff feet first? You oh wait, we haven't even moron. gotten that. Oh my god. There's so much to it. Okay, let's do that, that was it's definitely good. the most shocking moment. Like, I remember going to see this at the movies. Mm. So the first time I saw it was at the cinema, which is an amazing way to watch this film. And, you know, you're going into it, you know, it's a new film at this stage. We haven't heard anything about it. We mm-hmm. don't know exactly what we're going into. And, yes, the, the guy jumping feet first is horrific, but just the first, just the woman jumping, yeah. the audience, when you're in there in the cinema, yeah, right. is just like... <gasps> Like everyone was like, oh my God. So for me, that's still the most shocking scene mm. of the film because it is so unexpected and just yeah. brutal. Um, but it, uh, even then, like you are, you're kind of, you feel uneasy, but you're not sure because afterwards you even have um, the woman trying to explain, like, this is yes. just our ritual. This isn't, yep. they're not being coerced. They're happy to do this. Yeah. And you and you do, and, I don't know about you, it, but you do have a moment where you think, well, maybe it is wrong to judge. Like, different cultures. Yep. But this is the thing about all of this. Like, every step of the way, no one's being coerced. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. we, we see it. Now, Shori watched the director's cut that has some additional films, which actually has the pregnant woman see a ritual that someone else is doing, um, and then that ritual stops, and the ritual doesn't. Ha- and they go, "The gods are pleased," and actually, oh, the, you um, don't see it happen. Yeah, it's the it's the the little boy who he um he he's going to be drowned himself and then to be drowned in in uh, to sacrifice himself to the gods, and they're all and Danny's there, and she's like, "No, no, you need to stop this." And then his mum says, "No, he's said enough," and it um they let him off, like they put a big rock on his chest, but then they pull him back out, like he's. You know the thing when you're a kid, when two older kids would grab you and grab your arms and legs and yeah. go, one, like going to throw you into a pool. Yeah. 
the adults were doing that with the kid and then it all right. turns out that it's it's just to show he was willing to sacrifice himself more than right. anything. But yeah. it also yeah. plays back into later on where one of the like girls who's killed is wearing the suit that the boy was wearing. So they obviously yeah. drowned her in the lake. Right. Yeah. And right. that, and that right. was, yeah, exactly. So even the, um, from what I've read, even the, the directors, it doesn't give more. It just gives, it, it, it doesn't give more to the horror or anything like mm. that. And it's that thing of it. So these characters are like, this is screwed up. Two people, we've just stood here and watched two people kill themselves. Um, and, and, but then when we get that explanation, and that's the part of it, like every next layer and level is, mm. and normally in a, in a normal horror, you know, or in a normal narrative, everyone would be more darker or more selfish and it's not that they're these type of people so that's what needs to happen it's that's that's just they're giving they're giving for the community and the community the community are grateful which is yeah they talk about the um the 18 year cycle too like from zero to 18 Mm. you're a kid from 18 to 36 you go off into the world and you have your fun from 36 to 54 you you work and then from 54 to 72, you become a mentor to everybody else. And then he says, oh, what happens after 72? And the guy just does the, the throat-cutting motion mm. to his neck. And it's literally those two people were, that was their 72. So that's yeah. the end of their life. Yeah. And that's yeah. all it is. They go, yep, cool, we're done. And it's like it's it's a, it's horrible in a way that someone has to die. But then it's also <laughs> having worked in the health industry for such a long time, you look, it gets to a point where there's certain people who are so unwell and so... Mm. And you go, I get it. I understand mm. it. There are people out there who we should let die. And what? that's what's beautiful. Horrible, that's you know? what's beautiful and intense about this, where it is very much there is a realism to it that makes sense and is understanding, except for the fact, and when we find out at the with the final ritual that nine souls are being given. And mm. and two of them have already been given. And the mm. other um two of them are going to be volunteers, and the other mm. five. Uh, guests from the outside world, and they didn't know that this is the path that they were walking on, mm. you know. So, mm. and not one of them, not one of them walks into this. They come, but they don't understand that. And and no one, and everyone's so nice about it because it's not that they're not doing something evil to them. They're grateful mm. and thankful for what and they're I think doing. That's why so that's, even when they're yeah. freaking out, it's so. But wow. I think that's why that's and, so clever because it's a, yeah. it's the first sort of shocking or violent or horrific scene, but then immediately. It it, you, it kind of gets flipped on its head, and you you feel um, you kind of almost then lulled back into a sense of security, as false sense of security well, as as the audience yeah. watching it, because you're like, yeah. whoa, that was horrific, and then you're like, oh, well, I guess, yeah, okay, I guess they've got a point. Like they didn't, they didn't, and so you don't really know you're on edge because you're like, something doesn't yeah. seem right. There's an explanation for this, but that was still pretty fucking bad. So yeah. yeah. But the guy, he, one of the characters also asks someone, so do you mourn now? She goes, uh, we celebrate. So it's more, mm. they don't mourn that these people have passed. They celebrate that these people have lived. Mm. And, it's, you know, and they've sacrificed really themselves for their crazy. crops. You, before we see the bear, and there's that beautiful thing of, what yeah. are, are we just going to ignore the bear? Yeah, He's because the bear. Well, but it's a bear. It literally says, it's a bear. And then they mm. keep walking. And, and the bear is just there to be a costume. But it's, it's, it's this... The thing that drove me nuts when he goes, that's a love story and we're seeing it. And what killed me is we're seeing it from right to left being told in a narrative way, which drove me nuts because <laughs> we should be seeing it left to well, right. Uh, no, I, some, liked it. Some, I liked that. Some cultures read right to left. I know. Sorry. It just drove me crazy. Yeah. It drove yeah. me nuts. And, I'm, and, and I mean, there's all this imagery 
all on the walls and everything like there's constantly little things picking at well, you with, there's a lot and, of, and basically yeah I was going to say in terms of in terms of imagery something that I actually noticed the second time around watching this um, and if you go back to the start of the film when she before they they take the trip to Sweden um, she's got art on her, her wall at her 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 home yep. which is foreshadowing uh, later parts of the movie so there's a scene where oh, wow. when she's in bed um, and she's still really sad. And it was the scene where he comes in to say, I was going to go to this party for a little while. And she's like, oh, I'll come with you. There's mm. a there's a, a piece of art, a huge piece of art on it's her. It's massive, her, yeah. Of a, of a small girl um, wearing a crown standing in front of a bear, a massive bear, like leaning oh down God, and, and wow. looking at her. Yeah, watching it the second time, I was like, holy shit. I was like, yep. that's that's really cool. They've yeah. really foreshadowed that. And, like, the moments where she goes to talk to the guys about the trip and their friend who who is from that that commune really makes a point of saying to her I'm really glad that you're coming I'm really yeah. glad that you're coming yep. and it's like hmm they they did kind of start hinting at it right from the start that there's something there's something well, else happening here yeah they talk about totally. it with the um the other guy who brings the two english people with him yes and they mentioned it was reading up on it as well I was saying that he brought them because he had a thing for the girl and she shunned him for the other for the other guy. Yes. That's so right. Like, I forgot oh, cool. that. Well, come to my come to our midsummer festival then, hey? Because they come, talk come about along. that. Like he he says, Oh, we dated, and she's very quickly like, huh, dated? No, no, we had yeah. like one date. And it's like, ooh, this is this is awkward. Well, mm. and that's what's interesting is I wonder if it was like, I wonder if the May Queen is always one of the outsiders. I wondered that as well because I, I did, I understood And that's what that, killed me. Once I finished, I wanted to read more. Like I wanted yeah. more information, not yeah. for a bad way because it's so fundamentally interesting whether all the May Queens are actually, the, you know, one of the outside women is always picked. Because, well, mm. But then again, if you look at the ritual that they all do to pick the May Queen, it wasn't intentional. Everyone no, was high. That, I, I wondered about <laughs> that as well um, because clearly like having, they did talk about the need to have an outsider in for the fertility ritual um, to, to yeah, prevent yeah. too much inbreeding. So that makes sense. Yeah. So they needed Christian for that um, and they needed a May Queen for the um, for the second fertility issue. Uh, ritual which is to get get the crops growing again yeah but you're right yeah. like they unless unless they did all intentionally all along the girls fell down intentionally to try and let her it could be up. i don't know there are a few bumps um, in there that i'm like that's a bit soft you shouldn't be going down after that yeah i i don't know but if you're high i can see it happening speaking then, of oh well, you go you go i was just gonna say speaking of if you're high one thing that i've read about um after watching this film and, and because i was really thinking about it the way, the way this film plays with the the notion of like uh, unreality and feeling mm-hmm. disconnected from what's going on around you and of the otherworldliness, which is already very apparent, you know, in in this this commune because everything it feels like a trip without even tripping. Yeah, yeah totally. But the way I don't know if you guys notice in the the final the- dinner scene, like there's the flowers on her crown are just like pulsating it's the background as well the trees in the forest and the trees just everything is constantly undulating Mm. and i'm like oh my god this is such an amazing even the food as well depiction of a trip and Mm -hmm. i i read about it and he was saying that that was very deliberate and they actually worked really hard to try and come up with the most realistic 
visual depiction of what it's like to be tripping. And wow. they, they did like a bunch of interviews with people who'd done lots of magic mushrooms and all this kind of you stuff. You know what's interesting as well? They finished putting this film together weeks before its release. Mm. Doesn't surprise me. Like, but- like literally, and when um, I was reading some of the interviews, it was like when people were asking us, you know, normally they're interviewing people that made a film a year ago. We were still on a high from finishing it. Mm. We were just grateful <laughs> that we finished it on time. So we're doing all these interviews and we're talking like we filmed it a couple of weeks ago because we did. Yeah. The, yeah. the like, thing I was going to say insane. is, you know, you, you look at, you know, she's she's lost all her family and the mm. start where – it's, it's there's sort of a bookend of where at the start when she's she finds out about her family and she's on the couch with Christian and she's screaming and crying and he's just sort of sitting there patting her back but he's not mm. really doing a whole lot and mm. you bookend it with when she finds out that he's in there with the fertility ritual and she goes they pick her up and they drag her into her room mm. and she's screaming and they all just stand around her and they go and they scream with her and they're like mm. yeah, fucking let it out you're right exactly and it's the, like. It's the point it's where you beautiful. go, she's joining this She's joining this commune because they have accepted her and they look at her and they go, you know, she looks at this and she goes, look at this, they're supporting mm. me. They're not telling me to be quiet. They're not saying it'll be okay. They go, no, fucking let it out. Let yeah. it rip. And, that's, and this is what I mean, but it's that whole thing as well where there was something completely, yeah, it's terrible what happens to everyone, you know, yeah. and the fact that. Is it though? That, is it though? Well, it is. <laughs> yeah. You know, is it though? I don't want it to happen to me. The, the dickhead who well, pissed no, on the but tree. You're not, I was, oh, you're I mean, not. the pissing on the tree thing. Like, oh my also, god. Also, he was like, just a dick. But also, he was just a dick. He was. But that's the thing. When they said the fool, I was literally like trying to figure out which one was going to be the fool, and I couldn't always think it was going to be. Well, no, I kept thinking it was going to be the one that was the bear because I kept thinking there was only one fool and one queen, so I didn't think about the other parts. Mm-hmm. Of it. Right. And then when when they put him in a jester's hat mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And and it's that same thing as well where, you know, each each one represents something else, you know, and mm. then they're put in a barn and, and it's basically set on fire and Christian's aware, he can't mm. speak, he can't move. Yeah, they've given him his, some kind his of... body, they've given him yeah. something where he basically, he's been used for his seed, then he's been knocked unconscious. He's, he is conscious, but he can't speak or move. His eyes are like, what the hell? The, the moment where oh. he realises that... <laughs> She's the May Queen and she has to decide which one is going to be killed. Good for her. And <laughs> and it just but it just zooms in on her high, but like you you see that relationship and the that awful mm. this is a, her way to let go of every terrible thing he's done to her. Yep. And that he knows it too. Like yeah. he's not up, what, he's we didn't mention the blood eagle. Then, Oh, the that was eagle. bizarre. That was so. That's an actual oh, thing. Oh. That's from North Norse mythology. It Can is, I tell you every, when they pull every, their lungs out the back ritual, to look like a bird? Can I just say something? Every ritual that is used in this is from another part of mythology. Mm. So none yeah, of them are made that. up. They're all taken from things and brought into it. And yeah, so when they the blood ritual pulling out the man, making him oh yeah, that was nuts. And oh. I was kind of ah at that point. I, I, but yeah, when Philip sees that and then he's knocked unconscious and, mm. and that moment and then when he's put in the skin of the bear mm. because he's the predator and he's the, the evildoer and he's put in the middle of the barn surrounded by these dead bodies of people he knows and two people he doesn't and two people who consciously volunteer mm. to end their life with this cycle and mm. they're both given something so they'll feel no pain. And what's interesting is that one of them feels pain and one of them doesn't. Mm. It's so amazing. And you, when we see that, where one of them's calm and then just realises he's burning alive and the other one's sedated by it and just witnessing yeah. this and we just see 
his eyes in the middle freaking out because this is his yeah. end. And then we see again that what what um, the the manifestation of 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 empathy essentially when they start yeah. when he starts screaming because mm-hmm. he's burning alive all of the the commune out at the front start like screaming and writhing around and that's when we kind of get that brilliant final shot and it is such a great final shot for the film because as we've said she um Florence Pugh is so fantastic in her she's her, brilliant her the physicality of her acting and her depiction of trauma that it feels like such a um finally seeing her actually smile and look joyful is such a shift from what we've seen for the entire Absolutely. film. Well, I realize that I haven't seen her smile. Yeah. I mean, even though that's that the is only a very time you see it. Insane quite probably the only really real smile. smile at all. Yeah. yeah. And that's the only real smile yeah. you see at the end where it's it, it is her fairy tale in the end. And good she's, for her. Good for her. <laughs> and but it literally is, and this is I think what's amazing about this film and what where it sits is because it's so disarming. Mm. It's so wonderful. It's so, so disarming. Question for you both. This or hereditary? Which one do you like better? I like hereditary better. Me too. Hereditary better. Like it's they're complete, but I can't. I don't think they're completely different films. They're completely Mm. different films um, that deal with tension and Mm. terror in completely different ways. And that sit once it's in your head and once it's in your gut. That's the Mm -hmm. other thing for me, anyway. Yeah. This, uh, you know, hereditary sits firmly in in my gut of just like oh, and this one sits right up here. So yeah, I will say that I I actually appreciate this film more now that I've read about it afterwards mm-hmm. with hereditary I felt like the 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 meaning of the film was more apparent to me through viewing it but with this film I needed to uh, I, I I needed to understand what what this was what what was meant to be conveyed and now that I've now that I understand that I actually like it a lot more yeah. um, I, I I actually will say I I do actually think it's a little too long. Um, <gasps> I no 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 I love it and I think it should be I think it should be let me finish I, like, I, I think I, it yeah. should be a, I do think it should be a long movie but I think that what I think what what happened is the director spent a lot of time really I guess essentially world building showing us a lot mm-hmm. of how mm-hmm. the commune lives the different kinds of rituals they enact which is really great to immerse yourself in that world. So that's the reason I think it should still be a long film, but maybe yep. just not quite as long as, like, maybe, and I'm not talking a lot, maybe just maybe 15 minutes off, I, I think, I think could have done it. With, with my theory uh, off, of. Off the, off the version that I saw. Not yeah, the yeah, yeah. My theory of having to earn it, I think they did earn it. I think it needs. I think you so couldn't, too. You couldn't do this in ninety minutes. This needs to be at no. least two hours long. But I think there no, were some yeah, times when there were some long shots that were like, "Come on, man, we could cut another five seconds off this and cut I some agree. time." No, see, I disagree because for me it was that beautiful, like it, the the artistry of the space and and the, yep. everything. Like, there's so much to it. And I was actually reading up. So you were talking about that sex scene. Um, mm. And and that woman pushes him on the ass. Like, well, the actor, off. the actor, the male actor actually pushed. I know what for, I'm doing, lady. When they, when they were talking about how they were going to do it, he pushed to be as uncomfortable as possible for the challenge of doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's um, why he ran out also, naked too. None of the women, none of the women spoke um, any English around him, so it created that. Wow. How they had to connect in a different way. Um, verbally, like connected in a different way, which is quite <laughs> definitely connected. 
For me, I mean, I must say, I did watch just before they get to the commune. I watched 52 minutes, then stopped and watched Drag Race All-Stars finale and then came back to it. So I guess I'm not the right person to have it opinion because for me, I think I stopped just before the shift in tone occurred. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, but it was like, the- like for me as well, I just kept, I like those extra broad shots and longer things, not just for the cinematography, but the work being done in the background visually with the cult mm-hmm. members, but also... The artistry of the soundscape for me was amazing. The soundscape like, in this amazing. film is just absolutely stunning. Um, oh, I texted you so guys. He, he loves himself some off-key violin. Oh, he does, oh, sure. but it's, so it's the, not he just does, that. But it works. Oh, oh there it, wasn't, it, it wasn't it, a dig. It was a, he just it works. Yeah, no, it wasn't a dig. I was going to say though, with the um with the sex scene, like if in a a lesser movie having all those women around him with the pressure on him like that, there was a, a line of you could have had a, oh, this doesn't happen to me. This normally doesn't happen to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing as well where he's just, he is literally a lamb led to the slaughter in this oh, He's having a bad thing. trip too. You know, there was, there was a moment, a, oh, as much as he's a fucking asshole, there was a moment where he's tripping out like that and I was like, I feel the tiniest little bit sorry for you right now because you don't know what the fuck's coming and you are tripping yeah. balls, son. You Can are I not having honest, a good time. I, I didn't. I just missed getting high. Not going to lie. So <laughs> I was like, oh, I want to experience that outside. Again. Yeah. Like that it, was, it wasn't. Look, it was the memory. tiniest fleeting bit of I feel bad for you. It went away, but there was a time when he's sitting at that table and he's just almost curled up in a ball. I was like, oh, I feel just a yeah, yeah, little yeah, bit yeah. sorry yeah, for you, see, son. All, I really all do. I, um, yeah, all I could think watching that is of a really bad trip that I once mm, had. So I just yeah. watched that and was like, mm, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. That is not a nice experience. But also get your hands off my ass, lady. Yeah. (laughs) But I I, I will say in terms of editing down, the one place where I felt they they shouldn't edit it down um, if I was going to pick any spots is, and, Dean, you need to go back to to watch this, that end sequence starting at the dinner, the background, the flowers, Mm. the vines are undulating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is absolutely... Amazing. I mean, I, I did the... keep hitting pause because I was like, how can there be, like, I was like, but there's still 20 minutes left and mm. what, what's happening? And those 20 minutes are amazing. Yeah. Like when it finally does go boom, it's just fantastic. Two questions I want to ask. Do you think, because there was the pube in the pie, the mm-hmm. meat was one of, was the girl? No. I think the meat was just the normal meat. Oh, the but meat's it's, just it's normal part meat. Of, yeah, yeah, it's just part of the love ritual that they put on put on the um blanket yeah. or whatever the thing was. That's yeah. part of the ritual. Because okay. they showed it yep. they showed the woman clipping her pubes on there. Yep. Oh, that's a because yeah. the th- the bit that made me laugh was that the guy who was the fool goes, Oh, fucking hair pie. And just just a little bit off topic, when I was probably about seven oh, or eight God. years old. Okay, where's my this going? uncle <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds for the first time, right? And there is a scene in that where one of the characters tells the Japanese guy what hair pie is. And it's, you know, which is then he sees they see a woman with her without any pants on. And he goes, oh, look, hair pie. And the guy's like, oh, what the fuck is hair pie? And he explains it to him. And so when the guy said fucking, fucking hair pie. I've never it, heard that. I don't know what you're talking It's a joke about. in Revenge of the Nerds. I, I believe it's pubes. a reference to a, a woman's pubes. Is that, is that a, is, it's literally what he no, says in the Revenge of the Nerds movie. Who've no, seen no, it. in the movie, but you've never heard this in any other context, correct? Uh, no, correct. it's from Revenge of the Nerds yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. That's what M was going at. M's like, is this no, not actually something that I've never heard it before in my life. Is this a really? straight yeah, no, neither have I. No, neither no, no, no. It's just a joke in Revenge of the Nerds. He's just, there's a character who says, oh, look, it's hair a bad pie. Joke. 
It's a bad joke. It's terrible. Okay, okay. But, we, but it just made me laugh because it was the, the, the dickhead guy when he when Christian pulls out the pubes holding it up and the black guy's, oh, fucking hair pie. It made me laugh because it's, of the history you know of that what? other movie. It's, it's on brand for him because he's the joker. Yeah. He's the, <laughs> exactly. he's the yeah. dickhead. He, he's yeah. the yeah. But it he's was just fool. like it made me giggle. But I was going to say yeah. too, I, I, think, I think Hereditary is a better movie. Mm-hmm. But I think I would watch this one again over Hereditary. I would yeah. watch them both again. I I can't say one is better than the other because I think they're both masterful and completely mm. different. And I think it's fantastic that these are two great tent poles of of mm. films that have been it's, created. He's he's really him and um the other guy Robert Eggers who did The Witch of the Lighthouse. Yeah, geez, they've got some. Fucking big shoes to fill with their third movies. Oh bloody! Because they well, you know, hasn't Ariaster just released? Um, didn't he do the Green Knight? That's just no, come that's out? somebody else. No, that's um, oh no, that's the same production company. That's where I'm getting confused. Yeah, it's A24. It's another A24 film. Look, yeah, A24 okay. make very similar movies. They're all yes. very much yeah long. I'm really winding keen to watch, shots. To watch that one. Actually. Green Knight looks good. Yeah, it does. It looks very good. Mm. Um, so what was your second question, Dean? Well, it's the foot. In the garden of mm. um, Cheedy. We haven't Chidi. even talked about the fact that oh, yeah, Cheedy in the good yeah. place. Yeah. Um, uh, and, I mean, you, you know what's coming. You can see what's coming for him. You can see all of it. It's like, oh, my word. Mm. But it's the fact that they bury him with his foot out of the garden that blows my mind a little bit. I just I, assumed they'd cut it off. Yeah, I, I assumed that um, he was buried by... It was the inbred kid that that whacked him over the head that buried him, and because you know we, he's he's mentally not not quite there, I just assumed that he buried him in a really terrible way. <laughs> I just assumed they that's cut his fair. leg off. And I, I, that's fair. That's fair. I guess. Not sure. I mean, because the person that he thought was his friend that was the inbred child, wasn't it? Correct. Where? Well, well no, was, I read something different. I, I read that, that was, it was Pele, their friend. Oh, no, but he was making, with his those, face, with the fake he was face making on. those noises that the inbred child mm, makes. He no. was making those grunting noises. So I thought it was the inbred child with the with the fate with wearing no. his skin as a mask. From from what I read, it was an interview with Ariasta who said it was their friend with oh. the other guy's face on. Wow. Oh. Okay. Because the whole point so of it was he had brought them there the, to take them all out. That was the whole point of it. It was just, he was like, yeah, fuck it. I don't like these people. Let's do it. Okay. I think, okay, well, that puts another spin, which I'm going to have to watch. I think the other thing, um, I watched this with subtitles on because Chris um, needs it for hearing. And it's so awesome to watch with that as well. When every time they're talking in Swedish, talking in Swedish is what gets said. Yeah. <laughs> and but that's the whole point though. Inaudible gibberish or things like that. And it was kind of amazing to watch with this soundscape. With that as well, so it's, it's yeah. yeah. But I that was the point recommend. too. It was to make you, as the viewer, feel isolated because you don't speak the language. These mm. people coming in don't yeah. speak the language, oh, so you don't even provide it. It's great. It's mm. amazing. It's amazing. Like can't recommend enough. Yeah, it is. I feel it like is a great we've, film. we've yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel like we've well, talked as long as I the movie like goes we've... for about this one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what? This has been really fantastic. Going to folklore, we dive in tomorrow to even a more um we we. Definitely take another shift again. Uh, yes, so we're looking we forward. We, yes. we want to know what you thought uh, of any of these films. Hit us up on our socials, and we can't wait uh, to join you again tomorrow to dive into more horror with um, any, a little less of a trip. 
And any artist friends out there, if you can, can you draw me a picture of Emma chasing a goat screaming, I, I want to live deliciously, please? Yes, please. Please do. <laughs> Honestly, if 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 someone can draw a picture of me doing that and, and like, it's something, like, amazing, I will frame it and put it on my wall. Like, <laughs> yep, absolutely. But that a, goat needs to be terrified. Chasing a black please. goat in the woods screaming, I want to live deliciously. Yeah. And that goat needs to be absolutely terrified. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, my God. I've got, I've got great visuals now. We will see you tomorrow, everyone, as we dive into more Plot of the Damned. Bye. 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 Hey, it's Rory again. Uh, still wanting you to vote for my movies because my choices are the best. Uh, my second pick was The Faculty, uh, directed by Robert Rodriguez. Uh, it's a fantastic 90s horror. Uh, it's a little bit gory. It's got some a good cast and a phenomenal soundtrack. Uh, please vote for it. Um, hope you're enjoying the picks and the episodes. Bye. <laughs>
Hey, hey it's Shuri again. Uh, our poll for our 31st episode is closing fast. My choice is other best. One of my movies. My second pick was the House on Haunted Hill. Directed by Robert Rodriguez. Mainly because it's a fantastic 90s horror. It's a classic. And Little Bit Gory is one of the greatest horror icons of all time. And a phenomenal soundtrack. It's a fun film. And if you haven't seen it, even if it doesn't win the poll, hope you're enjoying the episodes. But hope you're enjoying the episodes. And see you tomorrow. Bye.